What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Houston Open. This is the final event before we get to Augusta for the Masters, which should be a lot of fun. A um, couple of scheduling items. Now, usually the salaries get released early for major championships. So my plan is to still release the full DFS video Monday, the week of the Masters. But I will try to do a first look or something of that nature when the salaries do drop, uh, hopefully at some point this week. Uh, there is a live chat this week, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. We will do Houston Open ownership, um, questions and answers, potential weather stuff. There was a lot of good things that came out of the Bermuda Championship live chat last week in terms of what wave of players you wanted to play with all that wind kicking up. And we did um, we did okay at the Bermuda Championship. We'll talk about that in just a second. Everything that you see in this video is from rickrungood.com. That's my website, golf database, models, uh, trends, all that good stuff. If you sign up now, Gets you access, obviously, through Augusta if you get the monthly. I mean, it's just going to be a sprint for the rest of the season. There's going to be a lot of great tournaments, lots of big contests on DraftKings, FanDuel, wherever else you might be playing. Um, there are two winners from last week that I drew. So Chris Kish and Jamie Brown, congratulations. You guys are winning subscriptions to rickrungood.com. If you would also like to enter a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Like this video and tell me your favorite golfer in the $10,000 range. I believe there's five this week. There is. Um, and the other way to win is leave a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes for the podcast version of this show. It is called 300 Yards to Unknown. The link is in the description say something nice about the show leave your twitter handle so i can get in touch with you uh last week so i was traveling you guys know that if you were paying attention there was only a sleepers video there was not a fades video we did some of the fades um on um on the live stream on wednesday but sleepers were as follows uh justin suh uh missed the cut Unfortunately, he was one of the most popular golfers on the slate last week. Patrick Rogers finished T59, played well for about one round, uh, made the cut, didn't do much after that. Wesley Bryan shot like a 78 on Friday and missed the cut. Really bad. Uh, but the good ones were Michael Gligic, who was $6,500 tied for 11th. That was a huge boost to my uh, lineups for the week. And then Doug Gim finished in T14. So a couple of sleepers did come through for us as well um trying to think what else before we jump into the course history which there is none but we can talk through the course um i think that's it let's do it course all right memorial park this is in houston texas uh keep in mind this is not the same course we've seen in fact this is the first time uh in recent history that memorial park has been on the pga tour schedule uh it actually did host this event 14 different times from 1947 to 1963. So certainly no shot link data, no uh, real use of information coming from those years. Uh, a couple other notes. This event was not played in 2019. This event and Greenbrier were the casualties that year. There was a, a year off where they didn't end up playing them. Um, so you're going to see when we get to the course history or when we get to the cheat sheet, you're going to have last year's course history, which is 2020. So that's 2020 season because right now we're in the 2021 season. And then you're going to see a blank 
uh, column for 2019, and then you're going to see 2018 and 2017. So that's that's what's going on there. It is a par 72, which has five par fives and five par threes. Now that five par fives, that's very rare on the PGA Tour. Uh, the last time we saw it though was just a couple of weeks ago at Sherwood Country Club. So we are going to be looking for golfers who are able to take apart those par fives. Uh, a handful of the par threes are longer than normal and it is Bermuda grass greens. We do have some boots on the ground a little bit, got a, a bit of inside information. Um, so par 72, 7,400 yards. Normally in some of these situations, um, you know, I say, you know, some of these weaker field events, I say like, oh boy, uh, you can you can bomb it around here without any regard for the rough. You're definitely going to be able to hit driver on every single hole at Memorial Park, but uh, the rough is a bit more penal than some of these just bombing giggles that we see over the course of the PGA Tour schedule. And then notoriously... Um, and of course, I wish I had, you know, because I don't have any data, I don't have any course, you know, correlated stats. So we'll talk through some important ones in a second. Um, you know, the the Houston Open being trying to be in front of, of of Augusta. Sometimes what you see the week before a major championship is that course will try to simulate some things that you see um, in the major that's coming up to try to entice golfers to come. So what is kind of the similarities between Memorial Park and potentially at Augusta National are these really closely mown areas around the greens, collection areas, tight lies when you're trying to get up and down. So it could wreak havoc on some of the uh, worst short game players if they are not hitting the greens. And then this is a Tom Doak design, with which is he actually took input from Brooks Kepka of all people, on this, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, and, and Tom Doak kind of known a bit for you know, the subtleties in the greens, right? You know, little ridges here and there that are kind of hard to see, uh, not necessarily huge undulation like you might see at Augusta National next week or like some places that we get on the PGA Tour, but more subtle greens. And this is a Muni, right? You can go out and play this. It's like, I want to say it's like 40 bucks, like 50 bucks maybe. I don't know. It's like probably the cheapest um, course that you could play that the pros play is right here in Houston trying to think what else Lonzo Griffin is defending we'll talk about him in a little bit um but again not the same course so let's look at this from a you know key stats perspective so you can go through and you can look look at you know birdie or better percentage you can look at any of these key stats I've loaded the field in for you and I have updated this now there was a time period where you know we didn't have enough 2021 data I was kind of doing a hybrid of 2020 and 2021 now you are getting the more recent this season data in a lot of these tools so uh, keep that in mind and then um, so what I can do here is I can go to scoring and do uh, like I want to do par 5 scoring or maybe par 5 birdie or better and there's a lot of data, so hang with me here. Okay, so let's do par 5 scoring average, and we'll be able to see who ranks well in this field. So, uh, John Huh, 6,300. Tony Finau, 10,900. Sean O'Hare, Christopher Ventura, Victor Hovland. Again, smaller sample size for some of these guys, but you're starting to get an idea of who might be able to pick apart those five par 5s. Tony Finau, someone... We are certainly going to be talking about uh, in depth in just one second, and a couple of a uh, couple of Puerto Rico Open guys trying to break the curse this week in Houston. So you can mess around with this tool. I certainly think that distance is always an advantage. Um, being able to hit your irons is always an advantage. Uh, Stroke gained approach. There's actually I actually contributed to a an article on Golf Digest um, that said it was asking about the most important stats week in and week out for, for golf wagering. And I said it was ball striking, which is strokes gained off the tee. 
plus strokes gained approach. That to me passes both the eye test. It passes the logic test and the math backs it up. Uh, so I always love that. And then being able to account for the, the, the increase in par fives this week, players who might be able to putt well on Bermuda who are playing well at the moment, some short game guys. That's the general idea of the profile of golfer that I'm looking for this week. Let's jump over to the cheat sheet and see some actual names. Five golfers priced over $10,000, led by Dustin Johnson at $11,500, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Terrell Hatton, Hideki, Matsuyama. Let's talk about DJ first. Making his first start back since testing positive for COVID-19, that kept him out of um, a handful of tournaments a couple of weeks ago. So now he's playing for the first time since the U.S. Open, and there's no doubt DJ's been awesome, right? I think he hasn't finished outside the top 12 in like his last six events, he has three wins in his last like nine start. I mean, it's just been absolutely crazy. I guess my level of concern um, for DJ just comes with the price tag and the rust a little bit. I, I, I certainly do not. It, I, I'm no Dr. Fauci, right? Like I, I don't I don't know what what's what's going on with DJ. But I thought it was interesting to note that he was one of the few golfers who have tested positive for COVID this year who was actually experiencing symptoms. And I wonder if that, um, you know, kept him from practicing, if it kept him from getting out there, if he's going to use this week to knock off the rust before he gets to Augusta National. And if he's just out there trying to knock off rust, uh, I mean, we've seen when things go sideways for DJ, they go really sideways, right? I mean, 80-80, back-to-back rounds, he missed the cut and withdrew or withdrew from, I think, the Travelers. It was in that order. I I mean, things can go sideways for him quickly. I I don't expect anything like that, but... I'm just I'm just trying to illustrate my level of concern here, and he's priced so because the DraftKings pricing you know so so um, similarly mirrors the betting odds. You know he opened up a six and a half to one, and six and a half to one to me. I mean that's reminiscent of when he would show up at the RBC Canadian Open. He would be by far the best player in the field. He'd be coming in in the midst of a hot streak. I don't like, yes, I guess he's hot, but we also have a big question mark on him. This field's much better than some of those fields that we've seen. I I don't think he should be six and a half to one, which kind of makes me think he shouldn't be 11 five. So we'll see Wednesday in the live chat. I'll be very interested to see what that projected ownership is. I have concerns over Tony or over uh, Dustin Johnson and spoiler alert, you know, Tony Finau, you know, there's a reason that I tweeted out um, this morning the update to the Puerto Rico open curse, because I think it might uh, come to a close this week. And, you know, if you don't know what the Puerto Rico open curse is, it's so funny. It's basically anybody who's ever won the Puerto Rico open in the last, I think that tournament started in 2008 has never won another PGA tour event. Uh, Michael Bradley, Michael Thompson. I always confuse him. Um, He won the Puerto Rico open again. A couple of years later, but he never won another tournament. So there's now been 1,131 events that these champions have played where they've never won again. And Tony Finau won it in 2016. So that's kind of the, the, the little joke about it. Uh, it might come to an end this week. So let's look at Tony Finau's strokes gain database. And he also missed some time uh, due to testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, but he was able to get right back at it. Uh, you know, his first start back was Zozo. So he missed basically a month from us open to Zozo championship. And he finished 11th at the Zozo. He had that eighth place finish at the us open. Yes. You could very much argue that a lot of these events were disappointments, right? I think he was in the lead at the Memorial. He ended up finishing eighth after kind of a, a faltering on Sunday. He was in it at, uh, I want to say 
PGA or maybe BMW Championship. I mean, he's just always been involved. I mean, look at these results. Four straight starts where he hasn't finished worse than 17th. He's been piling up top 10s all over the world or all over the place. He's doing it in a fashion that I absolutely love, which is from tee to green and showing the ability that the putter can get hot at times, right? That's the one thing that's always going to keep him uh, held back a little bit. And I think he's just able to pound driver almost everywhere. We saw him pop up at the on the uh, on the par five scoring stuff. I, I just think that it, it might be Tony's week. And I think that the um, uh, the Puerto Rico Open curse might be coming to to an end this week. Um, Brooks Kepka, very interestingly, I mentioned it earlier. You know, he like consulted on the redesign with Tom Doak in 2019. Um, you know, he's only played the one event. I can pull up his his strokes gain database as well. He's played one event this season, I think, and one event since, um, you know, he he missed that extended period of time after the Wyndham Championship with the knee injury. So he took the two months off, skipped out on the U.S. Open, and came back at the CJ Cup in which he finished in a tie for 28th. The concern for me, uh, besides the knee, which is always a concern, uh, Brooks Kepka's weapon over the years has been the driver, right? I mean, you see when things were going really well, he's gaining strokes off the tee in nearly every event. Sometimes he's doing it in a big way. He's gaining three, four, five, six strokes over the course of four rounds. We haven't seen that version of, of Kepka. It seems like longer. It's really only been four starts, but it seems longer, right? I mean, he was barely a positive at FedEx St. Jude, which he he, he made a run out. He finished second. But then he's lost strokes off the tee in three straight. The knee's always going to be a question mark for me. Um, I'm just not ready to pay the 10600 when I think the other guys in the $10,000 range are just fine, right? Hatton, don't forget, it doesn't show up here on the cheat sheet. He won the week before the CJ Cup over in Europe for the BMW PGA Championship. Hideki Matsuyama, I want to pull up his strokes gained because Hideki, listen, for, for whatever you want to say about Hideki, he is the most on-brand golfer that we have. Uh, he, he's so incredibly on-brand. Uh, you know, he is a great ball striker and a terrible putter. You can see basically every single week uh, going back in his entire career, he's just a, a, a bad putter. Now, I will say this. Outside of this one miscut at the Shriners, he's basically been a top 25, top 30 machine. Now, my only issue with that is... A top 25 doesn't really get you all that much when you're when you're 10,000, right? You know, if he was 8,500, like next week at Augusta, I, I think Hideki's a really interesting guy to look at um, next week because he might be one of those guys that drops to like 8,200, something like that, right? And now you're like, wow, that's that's now a little bit more appealing. He has to he has to really probably finish in the top five to pay for himself here at $10,000, which um, he hasn't necessarily shown all that much. Let's jump over to the Holy Grail. I want to um, run through a couple of scenarios with you guys. So inside the Strokes Gain database, and I probably should carve this out as its own tool, there is a, a button for the Holy Grail, which allows you to filter uh, every measured round for every player on the PGA Tour dating back, what, six seasons now? Back to the start of 2015. And um, I think there's a couple different ways that we can do this. So of course, it's a new it's a new course that we have. So I don't have any history at Memorial Park, but I could look at Houston Open stuff and I could find that, you know, Russell Henley's been absolutely insane here. Um, but what, let's do this. Let's do since the restart. So 6 1 2020 was the restart. And let's load this field in. Or this field's already loaded in, excuse me. And let's just look at the best players uh, from Strokes Gain T to Green. Now, we do have a couple of guys who have very, 
very small sample sizes. John Huh only has four rounds. Lee Westwood only has four rounds. Camilo Vijegas only has eight measured rounds. He played in Bermuda last week, but those aren't measured. There was no shot link data there. Uh, there is Russell Henley. So here's the problem that I have with Henley. And I got to tell you this. Him at $9,400 is way better than his betting odds. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll cover this in the in the betting and one and done preview uh, later in the week. But when he, he he's at 16 to one, he has the same odds as Tony Finau and Terrell Hatton, which is like mind blowing. I know he's absolutely dominated the, the Houston open, but he's never played it here before. So like you're paying for all that course history, which doesn't make any sense. Now he's been awesome recently. He's got four top tens in his last six starts, but I'm much more comfortable paying 9,400 than I am betting him at 16 to one. I probably really won't do either. Cause now we're at, I think we're at critical mass with Russ Henley. Now, you know, we talked about critical mass with Xander Shoffley a couple of weeks ago. I, I just like this feels, this feels wrong to me. Uh, DJ is next. He's got, uh, he's gaining over a stroke and a half per round, uh, from T to green Martin Laird. He only has 10 rounds, but he's been really good. Sergio has been good. Here's Victor Hovland. You know, we're going to talk about that $9,000 range. Um, Hovland has been, piling up top 15 finishes. He's kind of a, he's a, a very similar version of, of Hideki, right? He'll just tee to green you to death. He's a better putter than Hideki, but he's always going to lose around the greens. These three guys, very, very similar. Sergio, uh, Victor Hovland and Hideki Matsuyama in which, in which they play. And then here's Tony Finau. So when you start looking at guys with big enough sample sizes, Finau's just been absolutely great. If you want to, if you want to narrow this down even more and say, let's say since the start of the new season. So let's say since nine like 9 12 2020. So that would be since the start of the 2021 season. Um, now you're going to get really small sample sizes. DJ still leads the way, but he only has four rounds. Vijegas, huh? I mean, same guys, same guys. Oh, Scott Stallings. Scott Stallings has been pretty good. He only has six measured rounds. He's been great from T to green. Doc Redmond, of course, has been great. Uh, he's $8,800. So, you know, you can, you can, change this any way you want. You can mess around with these, with these filters, but I, I absolutely love this tool. gives you an opportunity to, to slice and dice any way that you like. $9,000 range mentioned Victor Hovland. I think he's fine. Henley. I probably won't get to. So I, I'll be interested to see on Wednesday what Scotty Scheffler comes in at. You know, it was a tough, uh, Scheffler was one of the hottest players on earth before he tested positive for COVID uh, and he missed the U S open. And then he came back and it's been a little bit of a slow restart for him, but the Zozo championship, his last start was his best finish. So maybe he's turning the corner a little bit. Maybe he's getting back into form and I love what he does. He's such a birdie maker, right? Always very valuable in terms of his draft King scoring versus his actual finish in the tournament. Um, here's Lonto. So Lonto Griffin, uh, if you follow the flow chart, uh, he's over $7,000. You can't play him. Now he's obviously getting a big boost at 8,900 because he's the t- defending champion. You can throw that out the window, but I do think you need, so I'll be interested. Cause I think a lot of people are going to say Lonto Griffin at 8,900, no chance. Am I paying that? Uh, which I don't think is, is wrong, but what I see from Lonto, at least recently is a seventh at the CJ cup and 11th at the Zozo championship. So not only is he a defending champion, which doesn't matter, he's playing well right now and he's doing it in a way that is volatile. Good, right? Like if we did volatile, good, volatile, bad, consistent, good, consistent, bad, like they're, you know, the, the four quadrants, this would be like volatile. Good. So he is 
a very good uh, approach player. He gains about a seven-tenths of a stroke per round on approach. His putting is also something that he relies on, which is kind of bad. But the good news about Lonto is if he hits his irons well, gives himself enough, enough opportunities, sometimes that putter just catches absolute fire and he rolls everything in and he finishes in the top 10 of a, of a, of a golf tournament or he, or, he, or he contends or like last year, he wins it, right? So he is at least volatile good. If, if, if his projected ownership comes in at, you know, I don't know, 11%, 9% on Wednesday, I'd, I'd be a lot more interested in him. Uh, Doc Redman, you, you know how I feel about Doc. He's a, a great ball striker. He continues to knock on the door. He's going to break through at one point. Um, I'm lining him up to get him on the pod. Like, as soon as he wins, I'm going to try to get him on the pod. We'll get him back on soon. Uh, we've had a couple of conversations with him. I mean, he's, his game's just so sharp. Uh, a little unfortunate he wasn't able to close it out last week, but uh, he's 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 the real deal. Here's what's here's one that's interesting. is, is Corey Connors at 8,700. So you want to talk about guys that really struggled after the restart. I mean, Corey Connors is absolutely one of them. And Corey Connors falls into that team, you know, hashtag team no putt category. I mean, you can see these are his um, career progression, just an aggregate running total of of his strokes gained. And he is just straight up and to the right for uh, strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach and quite the opposite around the green and putting is just absolutely poor. Uh, But what we've saw from him in, in two of his last three starts is really good. So here's his his 17th place finish at the Zo- at the Sanderson Farms where he gained 5.7 strokes ball striking. That's great. And then he was an average putter. Um, the Zozo Championship, you know, he gains three strokes on ball striking and another two and a half putting. I mean, he is now in his last four measured starts, so I don't have the Punta Cana data because there wasn't any shot link data there. Uh, I mean, he has basically gain he's gained strokes in three out of four of them and he only lost less than a stroke putting at the cj cup um uh, that's that's good trends you know we might be trying to get on Corey connor's a bit early but i think that that is a good trend to consider if you're down in the eight thousand dollar range the bottom of the 8K range, Cam Davis, 8,100, continues to be interesting. I think he's on like an eight um, an eight cut streak right now, eight, eight consecutive cuts made. Uh, it's one of the longest in this field. It's starting to become one of the longest on tour. All the raw talent in the world. I like that he's going to be able to hit driver around this place on every hole if he can dial it in. Again, I think the rough will be just a hair more penal than, than most expect in some of these fields. I think that Cameron Davis has an opportunity. But, uh, I mean, join me, guys. I, I'm... I'm not going to miss on the Denny on the Denny McCarthy victory, and and this is something we've been tracking for a couple of months now. And I actually did get uh, some confirmation. I don't know if 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 he wants to be outed here, but uh, I did get confirmation from a source that I trust, who did confirm that Denny McCarthy. Uh, has been working with a new swing coach. And that this is what we've been talking about. You know, I pointed this out a couple of weeks ago. I mean, look at the trend from the 3M Open of what Denny McCarthy's been doing. He's been turning around both off the tee and approach. Now it makes sense that that matches up with what's actually going on in real life, that he's trying to find something with a new coach. The results are there. He's got a couple of top 10 finishes in his last couple of starts. Now this doesn't even show, this is the strokes gain database. So this doesn't even show the Bermuda Championship 
attempts since there were no strokes gained uh, data there. He shot a 663 on Sunday, which was the low round of the day and finished in a tie for fourth. So he's got three top 10 finishes in his last nine starts, eight starts, something like that. Already one of the best putters. I'm sorry. Let me clarify the best putter on earth now becoming a much better ball striker. Denny's going to win. He's going to win. I don't know if it's this week. I don't know if it's, I was going to say next week. I don't know if it's a couple of weeks from now, like Denny's going to win and I'm going to be a part of it. Like I can't wait for it to happen. It's going to be awesome. Um, all right. Seven case. Uh, so Denny was in that seven K range. You know, this is a range of guys I don't really love. Right, you know, you've got Emiliano Grio here, who I don't, I don't usually play a lot of. HV3 coming off of a really disappointing um, missed cut. Now headed back to the, you know, headed back stateside, trying to rekindle some of that magic. I, I would probably buy back in on HV3. He was um, one of, you know, one of the most popular golfers on the slate last week. When when a guy like that burns you and he drops in price and really nothing has changed, it's usually an opportunity to buy back in. Uh, but the guy I think sub 7K I'm most interested in, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, it's 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 Mackenzie Hughes. And uh, the reason that I like Hughes is I, I mentioned at the top in the course preview uh, the closely mown areas, right? The areas around the greens that I think if guys are missing the fair or missing the greens are, are going to be troublesome. Um, you know, Mackenzie Hughes is kind of a short game specialist, right? I mean, he loses strokes off the tee, he loses strokes on approach, but he gains it in both of the short game categories. And we haven't seen him really pop since, uh, what would this be? Punta Cana, his third place finish, you know, didn't really make much noise at the two invitationals, the Zozo and the CJ cup. Uh, but you have to remember, I mean, look, looking back a bit further on Mackenzie Hughes, it doesn't matter what field, it doesn't matter what course. Uh, I mean, he finds a way to finish in the top 10. So a second at the Honda, third at the Travelers, sixth at the Memorial. I mean, you're looking, I'm looking at this. And he's got like quick count, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six top 15s in his last 15 starts, 14 starts, something like that. I mean, nearly like 40% of them, he's finished inside the top 15. He is a bit more volatile than some of these other guys, but I, I continue to think that, uh, especially a place that might require some skills around the greens that Hughes is of uh, is of value this week. You know, I'll pause here and I'll go to the um, the breakout candidates because I always forget to show this, right? And this is under trends again. This should probably be broken out as its own tool because I feel like it gets buried in the cheat sheet and a lot of people forget about it. But here's where you can see the hottest players and the nottest players, right? The guys who are not hot uh, based on any of the strokes gain categories. And then you can also look at this and find guys that, uh, you know, are hitting it well from tee to green, but are really getting unlucky with their putters. And I actually think Wyndham Clark showed up last week as well. And he is uh, also another one of these guys who is in the upper left-hand quadrant, which is where you want to be for this week. He finished, um, he finished second last week. He lost in a playoff to Brian Gay. Uh, who else is in here? Sung JM is in here. Jason Day is in here. Jason Day, I think is interesting, right? Because yeah, he didn't play well at, uh, when did we see him? He didn't play Bermuda. He played the week before. Zozo? This is going to kill me. Now I got to go look. Um, Jason Day. Jason Day. Yeah, Zozo. Okay. Um, but he was playing well here at the CJ Cup. So on paper, it looks like a missed cut or it looks like a withdrawal because he WD'd 
like after his first hole on Sunday and he was in the top 10. So it's really interesting. The, 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 just the straight box score, just the straight results look worse than it actually is for Jason day. And then you look at, you know, the breakout candidates and you say, well, he's hitting the ball really well. He's putting below his baseline. So if that baseline comes back a little bit, uh, Jason day could find himself in, in, in a really good spot. Scotty Scheffler's on the, on the correct quadrant, Patrick Rogers, on the correct quadrant, say that five times fast. So those are guys that I think are interesting. Um, Jason Day's Jason Day's pretty appealing. I don't know what his price is. We can go back and look up his price. He might be too expensive. We'll see what his ownership is as the week goes on to nine thousand. Just people don't like to play him because they know that there's a lingering, a lingering um, withdrawal uh, risk there. Uh, Christopher Ventura, here you go. He's 7,300. This to me is a make or break tournament. This to me is, you know, he's got the two top seven finishes in his last four starts, but the most recent two are two missed cuts in places that probably should have been pretty good fits for him. So now I think we find out what Ventura is. Were the two top tens kind of fluky or are the two missed cuts kind of fluky, right? And of course, not only one tournament that's going to decide, it's not going to decide it this week. But I do think it's kind of a an inf- a small inflection point for him, for what this season's going to look like. So this is kind of where you have to decide if you're a Ventura believer or not. Uh, I think at this price, I still am. Uh, I I will not have super. Uh, I will not be super overexposed to Christopher Ventura, but I'm I'm going to give him one more crack at this. Uh, kind of in the same way I gave one more crack to Patrick Rogers last week. I'm usually a little, you know, I'm a I'm a good guy. I like to I like to forgive a little bit. 7,100. We'll continue to talk about Adam Shank until he misses a cut. What is he up to now? 10 in a row? 11 in a row? Um, one of the longest active streaks on the PGA Tour. Uh, he 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 actually, I think, faltered or just faded a bit on the weekend because he was inside the top, I want to say, 15 for a while. He was in my core. Um, you know, if you're talking about making cuts, Adam Shank continues to find a way to make cuts. Will I go back to Ollie Schneider, Jans? Uh, no. Probably not, right? He's got like, what, one start? Doesn't even qualify for stats. Um, He actually doesn't even, I have to, so a little look behind the curtain. For guys that like don't have a ton of stat or don't have status, I have to like repopulate their stats manually, which is sometimes why at first crack they don't show up here. So like, yeah, it's that. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Ali's always been like a DFS, uh, I don't know, a little sweetheart. People love to bet him or love to play him. I'll, I'll probably take a pass. Sub 6K mentioned Scott Stallings. He was a name that popped up because you can see right here he is. And actually, we should look at these. I always forget there's so many good little tools here that I never show you guys. Like, well, let's just look at this through the ranks, right? So if we go down to 69, where is he? 6,900. Scott Stallings 14th in strokes gained approach this season. You know, he's got a 26th place finish last week. He had a sixth place at, what was that? Zozo? CJ Cup? Triners, Sanderson Farms, one of them. Um, let me scroll this up so we can, yeah, we'll do it like this. So there we go. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's hitting the ball well. Tita Green's pretty good. Obviously, around the green is troublesome. Putting is troublesome. But, uh, I mean, you compare to his peers down here, pretty solid ball striking. And you can kind of go through these. So here's Tita Green. Here's Zin Zun Zhang, 40th in strokes gained Tita Green this season. He's being priced as like the 100th golfer in this field. John Hunt, again, he's popped up everywhere because he's got four rounds. He's got he's got four rounds at the Shriners where he finished in the top 20. Was great on approach. That's why he's showing up. You can decide 
whether you want to believe in the four the four measured rounds or not. But I, I like looking at this by round. So uh, anecdotally, sub seven k. Uh, who did I mention? Scott Stallings. I still believe in Patrick Rogers. I'm not ready to give up on that. He did make the cut last week at sixty seven hundred dollars. If he makes the cut again, I think you're pretty happy with that. Who else down here? Zhang would only be an option in terms of like GPPs and something very, very volatile. Um, that's probably it. I'm not sure what builds look like this week. We're going to do a model before we get out of here. Not sure if we, if this is looking like stars or scrubs or if it's looking like a more balanced build. Um, I'll kind of, you know, hammer that out over the course of the week. So make sure to tune in Wednesday for the live chat, but let's do a, um, Let's do a custom model here. So here's a custom model you can put your weights in. So let me think about this. Um, all right. I want I want distance. So I want to do 20 on distance, but I want to do like 10 on accuracy because I do think that, you know, normally I don't I don't really care about accuracy, but I do think that uh, just a little bit of, of, of penal rough. I want to do, um, I want to do, let's, let's break out T to green like this. Let's do 20 on approach and 10 around the green. So I want approach players because that's, you know, one of the most important stats. And then because of the way that they have those, those, um, green side areas, I, I, I'm going to go with strokes gain around the green. And then I want to put a pretty heavy emphasis on par fives and par threes because there are, Oh, I don't have that many. I don't have that many weights left because there are five of each. So actually let's just, let's just split it out evenly. Then if there's five par fives and five par threes, let's spread out our weights and we'll run this model. Oh boy. Okay. So my number one ranked golfer, uh, based on my model is Terrell Hatton. He's 10,300. Then Hideki, then DJ, then Scotty Scheffler and Harold Varner III. Interesting. Tony Finau, Cam Davis, Adam Scott. That's a name I did not say one word about. Um, and I think this is his first start back since since testing positive for COVID, right? So that's a guy that I discovered in this, in this custom model. Uh, Will Gordon, Aaron Wise are guys that I probably would not have considered, but this is interesting because these are a lot of guys that I like, right? A lot of guys that I talked through with the gut side of it also being matched by the model, but my number one golfer by a pretty significant margin, Terrell Hatton. Uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that one bit. Three wins in his last 15 starts worldwide. Maybe he's my first man in instead of Tony Finau. I've got time to figure it out. We'll think through it together. Uh, Don't forget, you can join me Wednesday. 3 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Rick Run Good YouTube channel. We will go live. We'll do ownership. We will do questions and answer. We'll check in any weather if that's going to be an issue. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to talk about any positive COVID tests, but that's probably when they would come out. Fingers crossed, especially because that means you're probably not playing Augusta either. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week. Later.